Hello everyone and welcome to episode 380 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this week, Richard? Hey Seth, doing well. How are you doing? I am doing wonderfully. Ah, it's going to be a fun podcast. We're going to talk about one of my new favorite formats today and a bunch of other stuff. But before we get into that, we got another co-host in Krim. Krim, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, also excited to be talking about a format that I've been playing a decent amount of. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start off our podcast today talking a little bit about Explore in Pioneer. Uh, it's been out for what, a little over a week now, a week and a half. And uh, we've actually gotten to check out this new format. So we got some first impressions and thoughts about the format, how it compares to Pioneer. So that's what we're starting with today. And then we got some smaller topics to maybe jump into uh, Ledger Shredder, kind of taking off original Shocklands increasing in price. Commander Legend spoiler is going to be starting soon. New secret layer stuff. And then fish mail, of course. So that is the plan for today. Before we jump into it, though, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, they are a great way to sell your magic collection. And we've been telling you about them and their curated shipment service that lets you sell your valuable cards with a reduced service fee for a while now. And as long as your cards have a retail value of $2 or more, you can send in as many as you want and still just pay a 5% service fee. And as with all of Card Conduit services, you don't got to sort your cards. You don't got to grade your cards. You get to skip over all those hassles and just safely package everything up and ship it out. And you'll even get a detailed report with the results. So you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option as a way to buy list cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5%. And right now, you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash mtggoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic and more specifically some explorer so explorer of course new format on magic arena it is the first step towards eventual pioneer in magic arena right now though it's a little different than pioneer some cards are missing the metagame's a bit different Krim, i know you uh, have also been playing this format what is your first impression of this new format on magic arena oh it's uh it's been pretty fun so far i mean Minus a few issues that I've had, but, uh, like, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I mean, right now I'm feeling the lack of power from some of the cards not, like, you know, not existing on Arena that are there from, like, you know, Pioneer, right? I, I think that it's a little awkward playing a black base mid range deck and not having Kalidus. It is, like, <laughs> really, really sad, uh, because it, I've, I've been in need of a Kalidus so bad. Like Kalitas, Kalidus, whatever you want to call you've them. You've been, uh, you've been wanting Kalidus for a while, even before Explorer was announced. I remember you talking about that, I believe, <laughs> for like historic and stuff. Like you just, you wanted, yeah. <laughs> wanted it on Arena for a long time now. I need Kalidus and we just don't have him and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> like I'm just kind of like twiddling my thumbs waiting for him to come, uh, like, like to the, like to Arena. And then, of course, because, you know, like, there are some decks, as you had probably had guessed, that poured it over quite nicely. Didn't really skip a beat. Um, I think Winota ports over just quite nicely. I mean, losing out on voice is a little, a little bit uh, more of a bummer for, like, the control matchup if you're a Winota player. But other than that, I mean, you know, I don't think you cared anyways because Winota is so efficient. Uh, and then Mono Red is hyper-aggressive, so, like... These decks all poured over quite nicely, and they're they're very aggro. So like that seems to be what the ladder mostly is. Uh, that and then some variant of Grease Fang. That's like all I've played against. That uh, and then if it's best of one, I played against a lot of trickery, like a <laughs> lot of trickery. That's uh, actually something. Um, I wanted to ask you yeah. real quick. Like, have you been mostly playing best of three or best of one? Because I feel like Explorer is. One of those formats where there was actually a really huge difference in the metagame between the uh, the two formats. Uh, I've been doing both. So, okay. like, in best of three, I've noticed, you know, there's a little bit you get, like, mono blue spirits, right? I, I, I don't know why, but mono... Actually, both in best of one and best of three, I've seen a good amount of mono blue. So, I've even played against Simic Flash, your personal favorite. Uh, I... I, I won't lie to you, I got bodied by Simic Flash. But yeah, like, it is a lot of fun playing this format. But 
I do not know how some of these cars are not banned. <laughs> like, like I, I feel the same way about them in Pioneer. I don't know how Winota exists. Why is Winota a thing? <laughs> so my my experience in Explorer, and I actually played, I mean, I've been playing a bunch on and off, and I did a video for it, but I played a lot uh, this weekend because I put together this uh, mono black aggro deck splashing uh, Mob Nix list, and the deck was actually yeah. like really, really sweet and doing really well. So I was just kind of like playing for fun and ranking up with it, and my matchups were super diverse like kind of shockingly diverse so i played i think 17 matches with the deck playing best of three over the weekend uh and the deck that i played against most i got my untapped.gg stats up uh, was mono red i played four times and then i played like okay. rakdos three times i played a couple of black decks a couple of grixis decks i didn't play against winota a single time i only played against blue white control one time so i don't know this was going from uh, i went all the way through platinum from platinum to diamond over the weekend so maybe it's like the level I'm at I don't really know but my experience was very different than I expected because I was expecting a ton of blue white a ton of Winota and those were just not a big part of my experience playing over the last couple days so I was actually uh, impressed with how diverse the metagame was and again that was best of three that's only a 17 match sample size I know other people have different experiences I know best of one's a lot different but I was actually kind of blown away and in some ways and I hate to say this it was actually even more enjoyable than real pioneer because some of the decks that are missing are decks that I just really don't enjoy playing against. Like uh, the Lotus field combo style deck is probably the pioneer deck that I just, oh, I dread playing the most. Not that it's yeah, broken, I don't but it's just that. so obnoxious. And the same with a uh, Jessica ascendancy combo kind of falls into the same realm almost as a Lotus field combo. So those decks missing actually were a positive. So I don't, I've like really been enjoying explore and I was a little skeptical. I'm always skeptical of these, uh, like precursor formats, these fake formats that are like, oh, we're working towards, you know, a real format. But my experience with Explorer has been, it can definitely stand on its own merits right now. I do think though, <laughs> that you're probably right about some changes being necessary. I think with stuff like Winota, that's, that's one that was brought up, or Trickery, that's another one. Do you think those need to be banned uh, just banned banned or is it like a best of one thing like is Winota still too good even in best of three or is this like best of one bannings that you're thinking of i i mean i i think okay so Winota it should be gone from like best of one and best of three um <laughs> okay just because like it's such okay so the the deck itself doesn't really ever need to deploy Winota, right because it can just sit there chip away with a bunch of elves and 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 do nothing because it has good enough cards like it has a seeker's chariot right it has uh, uh tovalar or whatever people don't get that about winota people think of it as a combo deck and in some sense it is you do have these games where you winota and you just like win but it's it's a really good mid-range deck and that's what makes the deck so scary is you got a zika's chariot which takes two or three removal spells another one fable the mirror breaker usually takes two removal right. spells you got all the good just like brutal cathars and ramp and innkeepers and stuff you got the grave titan and tovalar Sunmaster. so it is a deck that can stand on its own without winota i think that's the scariest part of the deck it's the threat of Winota coming down in winning the game makes you play around Winota and play inefficiently and then the Winota player just beats you down with chariots in Fable the Mirror Breakers as you're being forced yep. to leave up mana every single turn in case there is a Winota and then you lose anyway yeah and that is precisely the like pattern of play that I think is a little I don't know it's a bit much right I think it's a bit much. I don't. I don't miss Lotus Field. I don't miss that deck whatsoever. Uh, I. I. I think. Like I do. I do. Wonder how Winota like is gonna if they're gonna actually ban it uh, in Pioneer and in Explorer because yeah, like it just doesn't have to do anything. It just sits there and it just hangs out, and then you know, then we die to whatever. <laughs> mid-range threat they have and it's so annoying but i have a question uh, for you guys yeah i'm looking at this uh Winota list because you you described basically jund but in naya <laughs> it plays zero interaction how does it do anything against like unfair decks well there aren't any except <laughs> yeah. for itself 
basically <laughs> because there's no lotus field and because there's no like jeskai ascendancy there's not really combo in explore at this point in real pioneer there is and those are actually like some of the weakest matchups if you look at like a pioneer winota decklist their sideboard is overloaded with Thalia's, Archon of Amiria's, Elite Spellbinders, Deafening Silences, like most of their sideboard is dedicated to trying to fight unfair decks. In Explorer, you don't have to do that, which I think in some ways makes the deck even better because they can use their sideboards on removal and stuff for other matchups because they don't have to worry about getting comboed off. So I think there probably is an argument for banning Winota in both places, but I would say if you had to choose just one, I think it's definitely even better in explorer than it is in pioneer just because of how the the metagame shakes out and the metagame differences it, there is no combo deck to be the natural foil to this mid-rangey combo no faster combo deck than winota to punish it for being this mid-range combo deck so here's a million dollar question do you want winota banned or do you want fast combo decks into the format <laughs> winota banned leave the fast combo decks out of there because that's the natural <laughs> foil of like overloading on like basically the fairest of magic, right? Just all creature beaters, you beat this by just comboing them out, right? Because, you know, like you guys said, I, I need like four removal spells for the chariot, got to hold up mana for Venota, or I can just combo off and kill you and you sit there dirtling. So is combo the, the hero we need? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it is. <laughs> I mean... I, I want Explorer to become Pioneer as quickly as possible. That's my goal. Yeah. Like, I'm enjoying Pioneer now, but what I really would enjoy is having full, uh, or I'm enjoying Explorer now, but I, what I'd really enjoy is having full Pioneer on Arena. So even though right now I like not having to play against Lotus Field and Jeskai Ascendancy, they just I would those. Uh. <laughs> definitely take those on Arena as quickly as possible, and I do think it would help with Monona, although even with those decks, I think there's a strong argument that Winota could be bannable in full Pioneer, even with those decks. Like, yeah. yes, those combo decks help, and it does give Winota a not great matchup, but even with those decks being a part of the meta, Winota is still, I think, clearly just the number one deck in full Pioneer as well. So I think that it's at least on the fence in full Pioneer as something that could need to be banned. And Explorer... I think you just, I think you just do it. Just ban it. Like people are complaining about it. It's not a fun play pattern. It's a fake format anyway at this point. And Wizards already said there was going to be differences between Explorer and Pioneer. So I really don't know what the upside is of keeping Winota around in uh, in Explorer at this point. Okay. For the and fun, of course. <laughs> fun. So if, if you guys, if we if we do a banning, would you consider Explorer Pioneer Light still? Like, let's say Winota is gone. Let's say. I don't know, trickery's gone or whatever, right? Like, is, is it the same format or have they diverged already like one month in? Or should they try to keep it and like hope for the new cards to fix it? So, oh. so on trickery, that's just a weird arena thing. Like trickery is not a deck in Pioneer. I have never yeah. once in my entire life played against a trickery deck in Pioneer. It is purely just a arena incentives thing. Uh, and it's it's a best of one thing. I don't think I've ever played against it in best of three. I'm sure it has happened in best of three, but it's not really a thing in best of three. So I think getting rid of trickery actually would make Explorer more like real Pioneer because it's just this <laughs> weird quirk of the yeah. arena setup. I think Winona, though, there is, it is an iconic deck of Pioneer. And if we're like trying to make Explorer feel as much like Pioneer as possible, I think there is an argument that you just leave it unbanned until you also ban it in Pioneer. Like, I think that would be my preferred outcome is like ban Trickery because that's just a weird arena thing and a weird best of one thing. Uh, in Winona, just ban it in both places, maybe. And then it still parallels actual Pioneer. Explorer does. I'd love that. I would love that. I, th I think like once Winota and like, like the hidden strings deck are gone, like up from Pioneer, I think that'll like Pioneer will thrive. And then on top of that, right now, as long as Winota exists on Explorer, the, the latter is so stale. I, I, I am honestly having the most fun playing standard right now. Like standard is where I'm at, right? I mean, but like explorers are still really fun, but like yeah, like they keep leaving Winota around, and I think it'll and like Lotus Field, it'll eventually get to that point where they took too long to ban things in Pioneer, and people were getting kind of like down on the the whole format. Most so, likely outcome, Wizards does something, but they didn't think it through. <laughs> I mean, other options are suspension, which they've removed, right? But you could suspend Winota and then wait for Lotus Field to come back and then unsuspend it. Uh, but that just really is a way of like. 
not giving you wild cards. And then uh, are nerfs and buffs on the table? Or no, 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 <laughs> no. So what you're asking for is historic again. Right? Oh, I'm like, you wait dirty a minute. What if we make a player. new set? We'll call it a chemist, okay? And then we'll add some cards into the explorer format. And we'll, we'll you know, okay. But yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to go there. That was the whole point of this. But there are ways to try to kind of fix this. <laughs> And I think a lot of it depends on time frames. Like, are we getting Pioneer Pioneer in Lotus Fields and the missing pieces in the next six months, in the next year? Or is it going to be three years, four years, five years? Like, if it's going to be several years, which is one of the first things Wizard said in an article, and of course I'm hoping that time frame is going to be faster, then I think you have to worry less about the formats diverging from each other at this point, just because it's such a long time frame, and that's going to happen anyway. So I think if we knew we're getting full Pioneer in six months, or close to full Pioneer in six months or a year, then I think the option of being like, all right, we're just taking Winota off the table for now. Like, uh, essentially a suspension and then once we have more cards in the fuller card pool it's it's going to be coming back then i think that's a legitimate plan but if it's going to be like five years or something then that's uh, that's a makes me wonder if that's the the best pathway forward if it's going to take a really long time so it'll be interesting um question for i guess both of you but also mostly crim what else are we missing you mentioned kalidus now you've been playing this format is there anything else that as someone who plays full pioneer as well just stands out as like okay like if they do a anthologies this summer and release some <laughs> yeah, new cards yeah. specifically for explorer this is what i want in it these are the really important misses uh, missing pieces to make this more like full pioneer oh i mean you gotta get spell queller right i mean spell queller mausoleum wanderer you gotta get the spirits in there like the, I, I i'm missing even those cards and yeah like there there's there's mostly just, I think it's like on the tempo side of things. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more, uh, like, like flash threats and stuff like that. Of course, Supreme Verdict is nice. Uh, the uncounterable clause of that, as, as we've seen when it's attached to anything, a sweep or anything along those lines is always good. Uh, and it is sad that we don't have that either. And most importantly, Mutavolt. I yeah. think Mutavolt opens up a lot for aggro decks, and uh, it feels weird to not have Mutavolt running around. Uh, I never would have thought in the year 2022 that <laughs> Mutavolt would still be like that good. Yeah, that but was, it is. Yeah, no, that is a really key missing piece. I think those are those are good ones. Spirits definitely need a bunch of pieces. Spellcaller is probably the biggest one, but also like Mausoleum Wanderer, Selfless Spirit, as you mentioned. Other ones that you didn't mention that I think. I really notice uh, being missing compared to Pioneer. Nykthos is probably one of the oh, biggest ones yeah. for me because you have all these like ramp decks and devotion decks that people are still trying to play and explore, but they're missing like their literal most important card, like their one devotion payoff card. So I think Nykthos would be another really big addition. Uh, Voice of Resurgence that came up when we were talking about yeah, the Nota yeah. deck. I think if we power up control, maybe that's a nice way to power it back down a little bit or give creature decks another way to fight against control, which I think could be good. So I feel like, though, that could be an anthology, right? Couldn't you print an anthology? What's an anthology? 10 cards, 15 cards? Like, they could yeah. power up. And then if we want and we're worried about the Winota thing, like, you could throw in the Jeskai Ascendancy or you can throw in Hidden Stories or some of the pieces for those combo decks. I don't know if I actually would like that, but I feel like a 15, 20 card anthology could greatly change this format and make it much, much more like real pioneer thing in the ice is another one that i always run yep, into in yep. pioneer that i don't see at all and explore obviously so i feel like wizards could do a lot of work with one well-designed anthology that would really just jumpstart this format and get it much closer to pioneer i mean when you think about it right like i i think i we had mentioned it uh lightly or like i was talking about lightly last week i think they could totally get the key cards the ones that we actually use by the Probably like by, uh, I don't know, December. I think we could yeah. be at Pioneer. Like, cause like it's sure we maybe we're missing like 3,000 some cards, right? But about a third of the, like a third of those are actually played. Yeah. I mean, so you guys one say. master set, 
one master <laughs> set would do it. And I think even like uh, an anthology would do a lot of work. But I think if they did actually did Pioneer Masters and designed it well, that would probably give us functional Pioneer. You'd still be missing, as you mentioned, a bunch of cards for like random brews and stuff. But I think if you went to the, the metagame page for Pioneer over on the site and just scrolled down it, I think you would could literally have every every deck on there that's part of the tier meta with one single master style set like that's all we need that's all we need for the short term and then over the next couple of years keep filling in do remastered sets or whatever to get the rest of the cards on there eventually but this process could happen really quickly but what, what do you think richard a little skeptical that we're actually going to get that so much hope for the future you guys you know when i look at my <laughs> son and i'm like wow the future is so bright for you <laughs> you guys are like why i like look Wizards will like release one staple nine filler cards and charge you for ten cards, right? And they'll do it again next month and next month and next month, right? You're like, we've already established they can release all the cards for Pioneer like at the snap of a finger, but how can they charge you for that, right? You you guys have suggested gameplay improvements, but how have you improved Hasbro's bottom line, right? So, oh, get out of here, Hasbro! This, You're doing fine. No way! They, they they're gonna give you like. One one or two cards filled with like eight C tier cards, and then you're gonna buy the anthologies, right? And then you're gonna wait again, right? And they're just gonna keep doing it. Like, there's a reason. Like, yeah, like one master set would finish Pioneer, but they could have done that at launch. Why didn't they do that at launch? I feel I feel like Richard just stands over his his kid's crib and is like, oh, just so you know, son, Santa's not real. The Easter Bunny, that's all made up. Like, dude, he's like a month old. Come on, give us some hope. Give us some hope. Wrestling, yeah, 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 you to live in the salt. You, know? you can't, you can't, you can't live on hope. Okay, like just dwell down here. Here's the stark reality of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, though, I think you are right. And we probably are being overly optimistic. And we probably will get an anthology that has a Cletus or something and then a bunch of, you know, filler cards or whatever. So I think Richard probably is right. But oh, the future does seem like it has potential to be right. And I'm going to keep holding out hope because uh, the format's sweet and it's gotten, I think, a good response. Matches are firing quickly. It's brought some people back to Arena that left because of the alchemy debacle and historic debacle with alchemy. So I feel like it's heading in a good direction. It's just how quickly do we get there? And I don't know. I guess I keep I keep raising my hopes with stuff like this only for wizards to uh, to dash them. But maybe this is the time that they actually come through this sooner or later. It's got to happen even by accident, I think. <laughs> the they later. accidentally give us what we want. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right. Any any other thoughts about uh about explore, about Explorer Pioneer before we hit up some uh some other topics? I guess actually, question, Grim. I, I have one for you before we go. Both of you. Um, do you feel like Explorer is ready for big time? As far as like being part of organized play qualifiers, all the stuff they do on Arena. Arena, they announced. You know, there's still pathways to the Pro Tour and all this stuff for organized play. Do you think that Explorer is in a place where it can be a competitive format, or do we need bannings slash more cards added slash whatever for it to be in a place where you'd be comfortable having Explorer Pro Tour, Explorer whatever the equivalent is on Arena qualifiers and so forth? Yeah, we we still need. It's an incomplete format. We still need a lot more. At least so I, I think. Like right now, it just feels like there's part of a format there and it just doesn't feel like it's all, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like it, it, it's right yet. So wait a little bit, you think? Get, so, get some more cards and uh, let the metagame develop a little bit more before it becomes an actual competitive format. Yeah, I think we need, like it's just right now, you can tell there's just chunks of archetypes missing just plays like like play styles and things like that it just feels like so many things are missing so that, that that's why i i think we're not we're not ready yet we're not ready yet for big time at least explorer uh let, let it let it shine on like standard and all that or or, or modern and, and and like limited for but for right or like actual pioneer uh but for right now explorer is just something that i think can just hold us over digital wait so for the so let's say the next big arena tournament is happening so standard will be there for sure for the other format would you rather see historic alchemy or explorer or i guess limited (laughs) (laughs) i i would rather see historic just because 
it, it feels like there's more things to do in historic, right? Then, and there's more ways, like there's more decks and more things that can combat each other. Uh, and, and whereas, I don't know, it just feels like Explorer is not quite there yet. I would take Explorer personally. I think I, I think I'm just honestly done with Historic at this point. Like, I, I honestly don't know if I'll ever play Historic again. Um, although I do think that Wizards would probably do, like, Alchemy slash Historic or something, or Standard slash Alchemy, whatever. Like, I, I would guess that's the direction they would go. I do agree with Krim that there are things that definitely feel incomplete about Explorer, but I think I would still prefer that on the tournament scene over some of the other formats that have their their own set of issues. The other thing I want to mention is I wonder how much of that feeling of incompleteness we have is because we're Pioneer players. I think if you're someone who's used to playing Pioneer and then you jump into Explorer, you're definitely going to notice that you're going to be like, oh, this card from my deck doesn't exist here. Oh, this deck, the whole deck doesn't exist because a key card is missing. But if you're an arena player who's played standard or maybe historic, and now you're going to explore, I don't know if you have that same experience. Maybe you just build Explorer Winota and you don't even really notice that voice resurgence isn't there. You build Explorer Mono Red and it doesn't even cross your mind that Idol of the Great Revel, one of the best cards in the Pioneer build, isn't on arena. So I wonder how much of it's just our perspectives coming from pioneer to explore and how different the perspective would be if you're an arena only player who's going from standard or historic to explore maybe maybe you don't experience it the same way that we do yeah i mean that that's definitely true right like i i'm coming from the point of view that i've played pioneer and with the assumption that this is supposed to be somewhat pioneer Right. Like, so I think because of that, I, I have this expectation, but maybe if, you know, like people that have never played Pioneer and mostly are playing it this digitally and, or this is their first crack at something Pioneer, like, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's where you can let us know because I think that I, I'm just not happy because I know what Pioneer could be. Yeah. And I mean, as someone who plays Pioneer, I feel like that, too, where it's like, oh, like, this is cool, but it's not quite the real thing. You know, when you you drink the store brand soda and you're like, that's pretty good, but it's not, you know, classic Coke or whatever. <laughs> it kind of that same feeling to to some extent. But all right. Any other thoughts on on this before we hit up a couple other topics? All right. I got to I got to ask you guys about Ledger Shredder. Ledger Shredder is a card. I don't think we put it on our top 10 list, Grim, from what I remember. Maybe it showed up on one of them, but was it, it wasn't a card that we, you know, had at the very top of our list. And in just the last week, it is getting a ton of hype. It went from like bulk rare to being the most expensive rare from Streets of New Capenna. I think the most expensive non-land rare in standard. People are playing it in standard. People are, it's got five O's in Pioneer. It's been streamed in modern by various people. I don't think it has any finishes there yet. People are talking about it in legacy and vintage. Did we just miss on Ledger Shredder? Is this card just like the truth and we did we underrated it? Or what do you guys think about this card now that it's really taking off? I see why it takes off in like older formats, right? Like like we're talking like vintage legacy or whatever. I mean, I, I've seen it get played in some older formats. Uh, and that's just because people cast multiple spells in a turn. And getting to connive is huge. Being able to like go through your deck and loot just every time anyone casts their second spell. Like it's, it's pretty major. It's pretty major. I, I think, uh, you know, like the fact that at first I didn't have it on the list. Um, I think because I didn't get to play with connive, I knew connive was going to be good, but then after playing with connive, it's better than I thought it would be. And I oh, think because of that, yeah, like, like, like the sh- whatever shredder shredder is even better. Like yeah, I mean, we, we'd already mentioned Towercraft <laughs> again. <laughs> this is Tarpagoyf, I mean, right? It's a blue Tarpagoyf. It, it, that's not a bad comparison, especially in older formats where it's growing every turn. Like it gets big so quick and it's filling your graveyard. Like it's, uh, which is beneficial in a lot of different archetypes. This card's, oh, yeah, it, it is really, really strong. And Connive has proven itself to just be. It's so powerful. Like it's even just looting is powerful, but then it's also growing and getting so big. So I think I just I missed on it. I thought I didn't think it would be bad, but I guess kind of like Krim, I was like, oh, can I have you looting? You know, that's pretty cool. But I didn't really think through just like how strong it actually is when you're repeatedly looting over and over again. So I think this card might be legit. What do you think, Richard? Like, do you think this is a card that's actually going to develop into modern or legacy staple? 
Yeah, so last week I, I messaged Seth. I'm like, you have a ledger shredder? I'm like, I need one for my burn stack, and it's like $15 for some reason. <laughs> and he's like, it's a legit staple. I'm like, what? But then as you guys talk about it, I think it's literally blue Tarmogoyf, right? Like you, you cast it on turn two. Normally a turn two Tarmogoyf isn't that impressive. But then like two turns later, it's a, you know, a three, four, a five, a five, six, whatever, right? And it flies, it powers up your delve it powers up your graveyard you know unlike tarmogoyf after you cast your tassiger or whatever like your tarmogoyf's not a zero one you know it's still big so i i actually think it's the truth and it's in the right colors it's blue it it pitches the force of will correctly so i i think it's the truth Uh, even though it's like so yeah yeah. you know it just looks so tame and like you don't you know you don't see it right but it's a loot it's a pump Right, it's a flyer and it's a finisher. Right, like it has so many things stapled onto it. So I, I think we just missed it. Yeah, it does. It does so many little things. Well, I think for more on uh, the eternal ramifications, I'm pretty sure uh, Joe Dyer, who does this week in Legacy and Vintage 101, I think both of his articles this week are going to be at least touching on the impact of Ledger Shredder in uh, in Legacy and Vintage, and talking about a lot of the same stuff we are. Where it's like, how did everyone miss this card? Like this card is so good, and no one was talking. About about it so yeah it looks it looks like maybe there's going to be a bigger impact from streets to new competitor on older formats than we realized just because of this card and i'm a, i'm excited to try it in in modern like why couldn't you play some sort of salti deck what do you think about like switching jun to salti richard and playing this alongside tarmogoyf then you get double tarmogoyf and this fills a graveyard for tarmogoyf <laughs> eh? Eh? wow is salti the new jun i <laughs> There's so many things in that Saltai deck that outclass Tarmogoyf that I'm not sure why Tarmogoyf is there. You know, if you're playing Legend Shredder, you can play, um, you know, you can play all the big Delve black creatures, right? What's the point of Tarmogoyf Ooh. here, right? This doesn't get incidentally hated out by Graveyard Hate. It flies. Um, I, I actually think, like, what's the point of Tarmogoyf? <laughs> if, yeah. if you're going to play <laughs> this, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess Although that makes in sense. modern, it might be a bit slow. It. It, it might not pump as fast in modern, right? Because you can't cast as many multiple spells as you can in the older format. So maybe it grows slower so Tarmogoyf can get there faster. But it flies. Flying is important. Yeah, it's definitely important. Well, don't sleep on Ledger Shredder. What do you think about Standard Crim? Any any potential there? I've played it a little bit. I haven't seen it a ton. Even in the Connive decks that are built around Rafine and all about playing like Torolf, the train conductor thing or whatever, like playing all these Connive yeah. cards, a lot of yeah. times those decks don't really play it. Do you think it's just too hard to cast multiple spells in a turn and everyone's like, here's my three drop, here's my four drop, here's my five drop, and just casting one big spell rather than multiple spells? Is that what kind of powers it down in standard? I do think that it's uh it's a little difficult, right? Like you're 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 asking I don't know, I in standard, you're, I think the thing here is like, how often are you casting multiple spells, right? Like when I look at standard, it's mostly kind of like clunky threats. It's like mid range. I play Lolf. All right. That's my turn. I, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're not doing much more than that. Yeah. I mean, it, it it's already hard enough to flip uh, something that's night and day back, right? Like, <laughs> and this is exactly why. So I, mean, uh, I tried I wonder if it someone would build around it. Oh, yeah, oh what, what did you? Do you try it in like a Delver shell or something? Yeah. I'm wondering, like, maybe if you built the deck around it, it could be good. How did it play in an actual tempo deck? Well, the problem is I don't know how you're supposed to cut, like, what you're cutting, right? So I tried in the blue-black deck uh, with, you know, Poppet Stitcher and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that, that, didn't, that didn't go as well as I wanted it to, let's be <laughs> honest here. I, I, I felt like oftentimes, like, I had it with Delver, but I had too many creatures, and my Delvers never flip. So, uh, I don't know, I think I, I need, maybe need to work out the list, but it just felt medium. Because the spells that you have in standard aren't like how they are in older formats. So it's not like I get to just sit back on bolts and, and, and stuff like that and thought seize. Yeah. I, I kind of ran into the same trouble and I didn't, uh, in its defense, I didn't build like a, a tempo deck around it. I was just like, I'm just going to play this in my two drop slot. Maybe, you know, it's a one, three, it can block, maybe it triggers and playing it fairly like that and not building around it. 
it was okay, but not all that exciting. Like, it would loot or connive every once in a while, but it didn't happen very consistently because of what you mentioned. Like, a lot of standard is just tapping out for, like, this five drop or this four drop or this six drop rather than people slinging multiple cheap spells each turn like you see in older formats. So, maybe it just doesn't have a home in standard. Oh, I'm still intrigued by... Maybe trying to see if there's a way to make a, a Delver shell out of it or something. At least give it a chance when it's fully powered. But certainly something to keep in mind for basically every non-standard format. I think it's it's developed, I think, most obviously into a staple in Pioneer in the, the Grease Fang decks, the, especially the control builds, the Esper Grease Fang decks. Oh, a lot yeah. of those decks are just jamming for those because they got a ton of cheap spells. They're trying to fill their graveyard. So uh, it's, it's taken off there immediately. But yeah, definitely a good card. All right. Speaking of cards. I got another a little financey question for you. We used to talk about finance all the time in the podcast. We don't as much anymore, but I was looking through card prices this week and noticed something that I found kind of strange, which is the original Shocklands have been really going up in price. I think the biz a biggest example of this is Hollowed Fountain. If you go back to Dissension, Hollowed Fountain used to be like, eh, a few months ago, 23 bucks or something like that. It is currently close to $50. Uh, so it is basically doubled in price over the last few weeks. And the weird part about this is it's really just that version. Like people are paying a huge premium. You can get the Ravnica Allegiance version for around 13 bucks still. And I guess it's increased like a dollar or something, $2 in that time, but it hasn't increased massively. Is this the start of players valuing the original printing of magic cards? That's not something we've ever seen before. I know like in the world of books or sports cards with rookie cards or whatever, there's a really huge premium that's put on the first printing of something, the first time this card had come about or this book had come about. Are, is magic heading that direction? Like is oh, now we get so many versions of cards and there's so many crazy promos, so many different printings. Are players just like, uh, I don't know, checking out of all that? And like, you know what the most bling version of a card is? It is the first time they printed it. I don't care if it's non-foil. I don't care if it doesn't have any crazy art or border. But like, that is the the best version of this card. What do you think of this increase in Shockland prices? Like, they're going up across the board. Is this the start of something? Or is this just Shockland weirdness? Because they're, they're very popular cards. I, I think this is just Shockland weirdness. I, I Although, I looked at like, cons like fetches those are also like 50 60 bucks now so but i don't know it feels like it's just shockland weirdness right now i yet i don't know why yeah. well actually no original shocks have always been kind of pricey anyways though even after all the reprints they've kind of just always been super pricey yeah, I mean, they, they've always had a, a premium compared to the cheaper versions, that's true. But the, the premium has grown quite a bit. The weird thing is, like, we don't really see this with fetch lands. Like, if you go to, like, Zendikar fetch lands, the first time they printed the fetch lands, uh, mm -hmm. those are actually cheaper, I think, than their master set reprints or, like, roughly the same price as, like, the Modern Horizon reprints. So we're not seeing the same thing there. I don't know if with Shocks... I don't think they've ever been reprinted with the original art. I don't know if the art is the thing that makes them different because like the if you go to Hollowed Fountain again, the Return to Ravnica version, different art, Ravnica Legions version, the Secret Lair versions, all these different versions, expeditions, they all have new art. So maybe it's like original printing with unique art that hasn't been reprinted. That's part of it. What do you think about all this, Richard? I don't know. Like, are we at promotional overload so then the safest bet is to buy the original but i can still see like wizards decides to print the like the most epic secret layer for shocklands and people flock to that one so i'm not sure how wise this is right but i don't know like there is only one first this is first and it will never be replaced but do people care like are you willing to pay a premium for that or would you rather just buy the newer blingier secret layer foil etched neon pink whatever hollowed fountain for like half the price and be probably more blingy so i feel this is just some weird weirdness but maybe maybe set this right maybe this is the start of a new thing but i i don't know like yeah i i don't i don't know either this is I like just... medium border whatever this border is right not quite old border but this border is not made anymore either so 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not sold either way either. Like, I, I'm not sure if this matters or doesn't matter, but it definitely, uh, someone must be buying them because even outside of Hollywood Fountain, like pretty much across the board, the original printings of the Shocklands have just been ticking up in the last couple of weeks. So definitely curious, something to keep an eye on. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Interesting, at least. Anyway, this, I got a question for you. Sam. Oh, go Is this the safest card that we'll see play forever? Like, is there another card yes. you can think of that we'll see play forever? I guess modern forward. I guess. I I mean, I fetch lands maybe. Although fetch lands, maybe you could argue there's some banning risk, or at least I don't think there's a high banning risk. But compared to a shock land, there might be. There's probably slightly higher risk of a banning. But I think that as far as cards that you can guarantee jump 10, 20 years in the future and they're still going to be seeing play, like. Uh, the Shocklands are about as good as it gets for for modern legal cards, I think. I can't think of anything else on that level. Like, uh, 10 years ago, maybe you'd say Tarmogoyf or something, but we were just talking about Tarmogoyf is, like, not a, not a thing. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Can you guys think of anything else that would be on that level? Is, like, guaranteed to still be seeing play 10 years from now? I can see I mean, the power that's, that's the thing I'm scared of, right? Like... I can see this card being powercraft, like one life creep or something, or oh god, or yeah, some some even less of a drawback than two life to have it come into play untapped. I mean, I guess that is a possibility. Like triumphs have a ridiculous amount of text on them. <laughs> I know they come into play yeah. tap, but wizards is willing to put a lot of text on land, so maybe we could see something that was even more power crept or i guess a big one would be the the legendary dual lands that people have talked about or asked for forever for commander as a way to get around the reserve list uh maybe that would power creep them so i guess That's it's not impossible bad, though, because you would still need crept. to play your shocks if you have legendary lands <laughs> i mean these have been around for what ravnica was 20 uh 2005 2006 so we're going on 15 almost 20 years now oh my god you're and they right. haven't been they haven't been replaced yet so yeah, but if, it's just if, never if wizards happen. quarterlies are down and there's one card they can print that can guarantee be sold across every single format it would be some kind of like land that like adds yeah. multiple mana or like a new fetch like you could you could power creep fetches but like guaranteed like everyone across the board all formats would buy it that uh is legal in so I, I don't mm. know. I think it will happen eventually. Yeah. No, I... Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that is true. Land sell sets and uh, making a better shock land, that's going to sell a lot of product if that's Wizard's goal. So, yeah, maybe you're right that we will see it eventually. Although, at this point, they seem happy to just keep cashing in on the shock lands. We know they have, like, the Infinity Outer Space shock lands coming up this year. So, Those are maybe they're not in a big hurry to displace them because they're still being able to profit off of the, the current versions. But eventually, yeah. I mean, a better shock is not impossible. Uh, All right. Th that's going to be so sweet if they... <laughs> <laughs> I, I got another another one for you. We got some uh, some new secret layer news. We have new packaging for secret layer drops. I don't know if you've seen this. I'm curious what you think. So secret layer has uh, got some criticism for being pretty wasteful and <laughs> being shipped in some massive, massive boxes uh, on occasion, even though you're only getting like five cards. I think the Fetchland one was like a classic example of just this massive box and you open it up and there's like a couple pieces of cardboard in there. But they got these like slim, almost envelope looking packaging now. What do you think of this new packaging? I, like I, I mean, they should have done this a long time ago, right? I. <laughs> From what I remember, right, like I think, so like at yeah, the first secret layer, it was just like a lot. And I mean a lot of unnecessary, like just stuff. Like there would just be plastic everywhere, boxes everywhere, wrapping for this box, and, and all of it just was not needed. However, now it finally feels like, okay, this, this is like a, this is how they probably should have packed it to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Every time I look at an Apple product, I don't understand. Have you seen like Apple packaging? It's like the hardiest, like biggest waste of space ever. And it's like very impressive, but it works, right? Like Apple sells so much stuff. And that's the thing Wizards was going for, I guess. Same with like Pokemon cards. It's like 
half of a Walmart aisle for like one card. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is the Amazon minimum packaging, you know, because when I get my packaging, it fills up half my recycle. And I'm like, well, where did I put my real recycling this week? Uh, so I, I like this, right? But I wonder how like just regular people deal with this. Like if you are you know, a 10 year old kid and you get this as a birthday present, like, is this cool or would you rather have the big box? Right. And I would hope this is cool because I'd rather save the environment, but there's a reason why we have this weird retail packaging. Hopefully this is like one step further of getting that gone. Um, and hopefully the cars don't come damaged. Remember the last time they did this with modern masters and the, the boxes, right? So hopefully this is actually good. And like your car doesn't come bent in half as it went through the mailer or your corners are frayed or whatever. Right. So crossing that this is good, but this helps the environment and, you know, just helps with the hassle of dealing with the recycling and all that. So I like it. Yeah I, yeah, I forgot about that. Modern Masters 2015, I want to say, 2017, they had those, like, cardboard packaging that had all kinds of issues. And I, I applaud Wizards for trying it and trying to do the, the best thing for the environment. But, boy, those cardboard packages didn't, they didn't work out. People could open them and take cards out and reseal them, and they were damaging yep, cards. Yep. These, though, oh, I, I like these, especially for Secret Lair. I know if you go to, to Walmart or Target or whatever, there's massive packaging. Uh, you'll have, like, a single booster packaging pack in a box the size of like a, a hardcover book like just massive i think maybe for retail that's just what you gotta do even though it it kind of sucks but you're trying to like catch people's eyes they're walking through the the checkout line and one of the ways you do that i guess is make your packaging packaging really big so it's still not great for the the environment but i can see why with something like that they have the bigger package packaging see your layer though you're ordering them online you don't gotta catch anyone's eye like what's catching people's eye is the website your wizard's tweeting about it or is showing up on you know a video or whatever that's what's getting people i don't think people care about their secret layer packaging so i see this as pretty much full <laughs> yeah. upside for secret layers in specific because you're not trying to get anyone to notice your product in the checkout line or whatever so i hope this works out well because i would much prefer to this nice slim easy to recycle packaging compared to you know some big hulking bulky thing so seems like a, they should a have choice. done this a long time ago <laughs> yeah i i would agree with that as well speaking of secret layer drops <laughs> We got a, a little drama this week with a, a new secret layer drop, Pride Across the Multiverse. Um, did you guys see the secret layer drop first off? Uh, I did. I did, yes. The yes. secret layer is pretty sweet. The secret layer drop is, is it is pretty awesome. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. Wizards is donating 50% of it to Trevor Project, which is awesome, like a really great organization. However... There's a bit of drama with the release of this. So it turned out that when Wizards announced the secret layer drop, it was blocked in quite a few countries. Uh, so it was available here in North America, but there are reports from Mexico, most South American countries, uh, China, Russia, of course, uh, some other European, uh, Eastern European countries, I believe, that they just literally could not see the website. And people got pretty upset about that because normally they would be getting the secret layer announcement but for some reason with this secret layer drop in specific wizards block them from being able to actually access it or see it in their location what do y'all think about that what do you think about the secret layer drop which is supposed to be supporting a good cause not being available where all the rest of the secret layer drops are does that take I, away uh... from the good wizards is uh, theoretically trying to do is this like has this happened on other drops from them i don't believe so so there are there have been restrictions uh some i think some places just can't get secret layer drops period so that's been a thing that's happened in the past like we never get any secret layer drops wizards won't ship to us what made this one weird is a lot of places that normally get all the secret layer drops for if i'm understanding it right for the first time ever just specifically can't get or even see this secret layer drop like this was the exception to the to the rule for some reason this happens on arena too right they they didn't put some of the sleeves on Arena? Only only about half the... Well, I don't know if they ever announced all the cards were getting sleeves, but yes, uh, only some of the, the card art is going to be made into sleeves on Arena. So I think people give Wizards way too much flack for this, right? So Wizards is complying to local 
compliance and regulations, right? Like, you know, you know, they're donating 50% uh, of their proceeds from the secret layer to, to charity. You know what their stance is on, you know, the, the issue, right? The problem is, you know, wizards can't save the world's issues, right? They can't like fix the world overnight. And, you know, the choice is, you know, either you ban all of magic from a country, right? Or you just like don't, you know, sell this, right? And, uh, you know, comply with local regulation or whatever, right? Because like, you know, they want to, but they can't. So yes, it's unfortunate, but I don't know why Wizards has to take the blame, right? Like, that's just how the world currently works. And the pressure should be on the countries to change, right? But like, Wizards is not a nonprofit. They have to make money and they have a business, right? They can't devote all of their resources to fixing these, you know, social causes. So yes, you know, can they do more? Yes, but they're a for-profit company, but they are still doing something, right? They are still uh, progressing the cause and donating money and stuff like that. So I think Wizards gets too much flack for it. And this is not the only time, right? We see it for video games all the time where certain stuff gets censored or certain stuff is banned in certain countries because those countries have different beliefs, and I don't know, like people always get outraged and they should be, but it's not totally the company's fault. Like what can they do about it? Right. So it's either that or like you, you don't get magic in these countries, period. Or Wizards gets like sued out of oblivion or something. Like I'm not sure what Wizards can do in this case. Yeah, I think the tricky part with this one is I think there are some places where it's just like that like uh wizards uh, because of laws you know probably couldn't advertise it in uh, i i don't want to misname a country i'm not an expert Russia, let's say russia let's just uh, hopefully i'm not wrong about that one but there are certain countries where uh, they just legally couldn't do it the part that made this weird though was there's a lot of people that were like our laws are better than the U.S.'s laws. And for some reason, this is blocked for me, uh, which was it seems like maybe Wizards just uh, was super conservative with this, basically, and and tried to uh, stay very far away from anything that could have legal, uh, legal ramifications, even if they went too far that direction. Because I know that came up with a lot of people that uh, I follow from South America. They were like, our laws are better than your laws about a lot of these issues. I don't know why Wizards is keeping me in specific. Like our country is like very progressive about all these issues. I don't know why they're keeping me from, from being able to see the secret lair drop. So I think that was the part that came across as a little weird. So in some cases, I do think like Wizards maybe didn't deserve the flag. I don't know know how you can expect wizards to change a country's laws and hopefully the laws do change but i just don't know how wizards could do that but then they also seem like maybe they went too far that direction with this one and there were places where they could be selling this but still decided not to for some reason which that's the part that i think maybe they deserve a little bit of flack for but i don't know what what do you think about this yeah Graham? uh yeah that's this is kind of like one of those ones where i'm not sure how like the the laws and the contracts work and stuff like that like because you know there's like just booster packs in general like some places don't like them because it's like you know kind of like considered gambling and you know loot boxes and all of that so I, I i don't know i'd obviously it sucks i think it sucks because it was such a like you know this is something that you want all around right like to especially when it's for a good cause like you want to have it everywhere and located everywhere and it just sucks that you can't or that they didn't put it out everywhere. Well, yeah. one more topic real quick. Oh, go ahead, Richard. You got something oh, I, else. I, I was going to say, like, should be careful with the pushback to it. I don't want to, like, be, like, Wizards defending, right? But, like, Wizards, so the way that Wizards works, right, is, like, I'm going to make money. And if I can help a cause I believe in while making money, let's do it, right? I, I would not expect them to be, like, I'm going to work on a cause at a loss. Like, I don't think that's, like, what Wizards will do. But, like, if there's so much pushback for things they can't control... Next year, when this opportunity comes around, they may just be like, wow, last time we did this and had a huge PR disaster in our face. Why don't we just do nothing this year? Right. So like that's kind of the scary part. So, you know, I, I hope people focus their energy into the right parts and provide constructive criticism and like ways to help rather than just like blow it up proportion because it's very easy for wizards to say, you know, this this doesn't help, right? Like it's it's creating negative PR, we're losing money, and like people don't appreciate the effort we're making. Why make it? And then that like ends up as net negative. So that's what I'm worried about. That I hope they still continue to do this and they work on this and like they can make it better for everyone next year and they just don't kind of give up and say, What's the point? 
I mean, that's a that's actually a, a really good point because when it comes down to it, 50% of the, uh, the sales are going to a really deserving and helpful organization. And uh, even if things didn't go perfectly, it would be a bummer if we, uh, the reaction from the community to discourage wizards from doing that. Cause you're right, the, the other option is we release the secret layer drop and just put all the money in our pocket and then none of the money goes to Trevor Project. So I think it is definitely a interesting balancing act. And I do applaud wizards for trying to do something even though maybe it didn't go absolutely perfectly, you know, all the way around the world, but it, it, at least they did try to do something, I guess. But. <laughs> an effort was made. An effort <laughs> yeah. was made. The cat, yes. the cat would fix alchemy. <laughs> we expect them to fix <laughs> well, that, <that's laughs> geopolitical issues. Like, I don't, I don't know, right? Like, we gotta give us some slack here. <laughs> oh, all right, one, one last quick one before fish mail. Uh, see, uh, so Commander Legends. Spoilers yep. start tomorrow, and then officially next week for full spoiler season. Is it too soon? Is it too soon after SNC? I know I've been feeling, and maybe it's because I'm a content producer, and I've just done spoiler season, and I feel like in just the last week, I've started to build SNC decks and build Streets of New Capenna stuff, and I kind of have a bunch more stuff I want to get to, and now I'm like, oh no, there's, there's another set. I'm right back in spoiler season. Like That's where we're at now. Do you think it was too soon, or is Commander Legends just targeting a completely different audience than Streets of New Capenna, and it's it's fine. It's for different groups of people. I think that's the goal. It's like, so we have the competitive half, you know, like, that's what, like, you know, all the things that can go on in standard, right? I think that's the goal here. Uh, but, like, yeah, like, it's, it's, I think, I think. Uh, the the Commander's Legends thing is going to be for a different demographic, right? Like, although I do wonder how much crossover there is nowadays, right? Like between, uh, like you know, like between standard and and commander. I I was gonna say that too. Like a few years ago, the argument of like, oh, standard sets are for standard, and Commander Legends is for commander. I think that rung much more true, but now like every premiere set has so much commander stuff in it that it kind of feels like every product is at least for commander players. So I, I can see there being a, a little bit of a commander overload, like all the buyouts and price spikes and everyone's building their guided acts and like, uh, you know, Ginny Fang and doing all these cool things with Streets of New Capenna. And like, they maybe haven't even gotten their cards they ordered yet, like by the time they get shipped to them and it's already on to the next sweet commander to build around. So it is a really fast hype season but uh, what were you gonna say richard like you guys are right in theory right but we just had five commander decks released right like we <laughs> yeah. just had five commander decks released and like Krim said 75 percent of the cards in standard in the standard set are made for commander now so this is way overload like as content creators we make and play multiple decks a week and we're behind like we're not caught up. We're not. I'm not even done playing like Neon Dynasty, and here we are, like CLB, right? So I think it's way too much, and I think Wizards will see it in their sales. I think this set will cannibalize into SNC or the other way around. I think um, they'll get like less sales because like people are still building their, you know, Geoda deck. They're still buying Angels. Who has time for pre-orders of CLB, right? Like. How much money like, do we have to spend, right? Like, you can only play some, and if you play like once a week or once every couple of weeks, like you're backlogged months on product, right? So I don't, I don't know how you can play this all these magic cards. I mean, our our first commander clash for Streets of New Capenna isn't even live yet. By the time we recorded the first <laughs> possible, the first possible day after stuff got released, the first possible Thursday when we record, and it doesn't go up to Friday. By the time our first Streets of New Capenna episode comes up, we would already have gotten early spoilers from Commander Legends 2, and we're gonna be like two days away from the start of full spoiler season. And we wanted to do like three games of like new stuff from Streets of New Capenna. By the time we finish those, we're literally gonna have another set that's out. <laughs> like it, that is just so, it's so to keep up these days so i don't know i guess you just gotta tune some stuff out and like remember when wizards always used to say this product isn't for you and everyone would make fun of them like in some <laughs> sense i think players gotta say that to themselves because there's just no way you can keep up on any everything like you used to be able to like 10 years ago you could keep up on every single product 
I, I do this for a living and I can barely remember the name of, you know, the cards that came up in the last Commander Precon. Someone will bring up a card on stream and be like, oh, what do you think of this card? I'm like, oh, hang on, I'm going to I'm gonna have to look that one up. There's so many cards, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't even know. That's a thing. So, uh, so yeah, but, well, hype season, it never ends. Anyway, Richard. I mean, oh, go aren't ahead. we actually, after, after this, we're kind of in a lull point, though, right? We don't have anything till September for Santa, so at least. So of double masters uh, this summer, but I believe there will be no standard sets until September. Yeah, when we get a our return to Dominaria, so there will be a lull for standard, and I think a lull for products with new cards. Uh, I think it's just the double masters, which should be all reprint set over the summer, as far as I know. That's my wizard's pacing. We'll just release it all at once and then do nothing half the year. <laughs> anyway, Richard, uh, I think it's time. Why don't you uh, fish mail us? All right. If you have questions, send them to at MGGoldfish with the hashtag MGFishMail, and we'll get to your questions on air. <laughs> Nua Breton, idea for fixing best of one without a separate ban list. Before the match, both players see seven random cards of the opponent's deck, make sideboard adjustments, then play. Thoughts? That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I, so you, so, so you so see seven cards. So theoretically, you can tell the archetype of what they're playing, but you don't get to see like all their tech or all the sauce or whatever, right? But you can sideboard so, before the first game. Yeah, essentially, you'd so you'd see you'd see seven <laughs> you cards. You'd see your opponent's mono red stuff, and then yeah. bring in your life gain or whatever from your sideboard out of your control deck. Or if you're uh, you see a Teferi, then you bring in the negates that you had in your sideboard, and you have them for game one. I mean, I think the idea is cool, but it seems just so clunky in practice. Like, I I think the reason whenever I ask people about best of one, by far the biggest reason people give for playing best of one is it's quick and I don't have the time to play longer best of three games. So I think that this would slow down best of one to some extent, even if it's a couple minutes a game for people to have time to sideboard. And I don't think that's what people want on a best of one. I think the, the biggest appeal of best of one is you can play games of magic really, really quick. So even though I think it's a cool idea, I think it goes against what best of one does best. What about it is, it is interesting. <laughs> Like, what if you choose, like, three cards to ban, and if your opponent has them in their deck, they're just removed? And then you play. I, I think that would be cooler if, you know, we were doing something like a tournament where you would bring three decks, and I know of these three decks, right? Like, and now it's up to me to, like, figure out, like, okay, well, I present to you three deck lists, and it, like Hearthstone, right? And then I, I think that's an interesting way to go about it, but... I don't know about this. This one does seem like a lot of work. I feel like that would that plan would just wreck some decks. Like, could you imagine you play against like Is It Phoenix and you're like, oh, Thing in the Ice, Arc Light Phoenix, <laughs> Stormwing Entity, and you're left with just a bunch of like you diversify. <laughs> you can't play four of them. You would definitely, yeah, you'd have to build different decks to get a to get around it. That would be a cool like. It would be a cool tournament. I would love to watch a tournament for that, but I don't know if I would like it as my everyday magic or not. Probably not. Caboose238, Alchemy hasn't taken it far enough. Is it, isn't it, it isn't weird or fun or compelling enough? I want Yog Sauron like effects or Scramble Verse. Am I alone? <laughs> Wait, what's, what's Yog Sauron? Is that the one? So Yog Sauron is a Hearthstone <laughs> card where <laughs> oh, everything. That card's so sweet. It, it is sweet. It is very sweet. Everything uh like spell you cast has random targets and it generates uh, a bunch of random spells equal to like uh how many spells you've cast this game it's like a huge finisher actually when i when i played hearthstone a little bit i i played yagsaron just because i thought it was so much fun but uh yeah etbs and i you cast a random spell with random targets for each spell you've cast for the game so normally it's just this huge you never know what happens it could be good for you it could be bad for you but it's just like two minutes of animations and things dying and triggers going off and it's wild it like looks so it's probably the perfect stream deck because it just looks so cool i don't think it's actually like good for competitive play but I guess for a format like Alchemy, I would like to see more effects like that. Like, it's already digital only. It's already not quote-unquote real magic that they're playing in a Pro Tour or whatever. So, why not embrace it? Go all the go all the way. I don't know about Yogg Saron in specific. I think Hearthstone players ended up hating that card. <laughs> so I, I, think they I actually, loved Yogg. Yogg was great. I mean, I've also died to my own Yogg numerous times, so it's pretty damn funny, actually. That's, that's part of the fun. You never know. You never know. 
But yeah, I would like to see Wizards go even further. I do agree that a lot of the alchemy stuff we've seen so far has been tamer than I expected. When uh, when I heard they were doing alchemy, I expected Yogg-Saron's type stuff. It was like over-the-top craziness. And so far, it's been like, uh, I guess kind of that mechanic wouldn't work in paper, but it's pretty close. So I don't know if they're going to do it. Go all the way. <laughs> the technology's not there, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that you're joking, but I think, <laughs> I think that's actually probably probably true i don't even know if that's a joke they they might actually not have the <laughs> the technology for it but i i agree i think they should go so they, they tried to make the cards like kind of mimic paper but then no one liked it and it like backfired so they might as well just go all out and like go full digital only and go crazy with the effects but like if i were to play like one game a day I want my game to end in a Yogg-Saron, so I mean, it sounds good, right? So hopefully they just go, they're like, okay, we give up on trying to appease standard players. We'll just go nuts and try to get the Hearthstone players uh, with these type of cards. So I like that idea. All right, that's all the time we have for Fishmill this week. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. If you have questions, send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag MTGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that brings us to the end of episode 380 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about Commander Legends 2 spoilers and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have a spectacular week, everyone. And this is a crew signing out. 